Dennis, it's still it a thing. It's still a thing. Hello, you Twitter donkeys. That's right. <laughs> we got other stuff going on. We haven't folded the franchise. The franchise is still in existence. Yes. And here we are, back well, for 117. DB, here's the thing. I don't know if this is episode 117 or are we restarting the quarantine Act episodes one. because everything's <laughs> everything that's going on. Um, look, I don't want to spend a whole episode talking about COVID. But I do just want to talk a little bit about how it has impacted the program and how it could potentially play into some storylines here, uh, just for the listeners, because we like to we like to share. And some people have asked, Dennis, believe it or not, they do enjoy the podcast. So they've asked, what's going on with you guys? Where's the I show? Um, I, I don't want to air our dirty laundry here, but we have had Rob Blake booked on this podcast three separate times. And as we were set to record, the wheels fell off. So two of the most recent times... Uh, just to share with our, our listeners. One time we were set to record, uh, I think it was a Tuesday, and then um, Brendan Lemieux, the incident yes. the incident with the biting, he gets suspended, and then Blakey has to be tied up on the, the, um, the hearing with the league office. So, right. of course, that takes precedent. Although it would have been fantastic if he would have told Bettman, hey, I can't do the uh, hearing at 10 <laughs> o'clock. I'm recording Kings of the Podcast. Can we do the hearing at 2? That would have been great, but... Um, it's okay, Rob. We won't hold it against you. Yeah. Uh, and then most recently, uh, we had a couple things like uh, tentatively booked between my schedule, your schedule, Blakey's schedule. We thought we had come to an agreement uh, over the, the the recent road trip. And then we said, hey, let's just do it when they get back. And so we were going to do it on Tuesday of Christmas week leading into Christmas. And we were going to we were gonna give you guys a double shot. We were going to do Blakey, and then we were going to do Steven Nelson. And then all hell broke loose in the NHL, and basically the league closed down. And... Right. We just decided, you know what, this isn't the time to bring on Rob Blake because there would just be too many COVID-related questions and protocols sure. and shutdowns. And when we bring Blakey on, we want to talk roster and we want to talk about trades and we want to talk right. about prospects and the fun stuff. So we we all just sort of decided let's let's put a pin in that and do it, um, you know, in the new year. Maybe that'll be our first episode of 2022 because this is technically, I believe, Dennis, going to be our last episode of 2021 with me leaving for the World Juniors, which we'll get yeah. to in a minute. But the other guest we had lined up recently was Christian Wolanin, who fresh back to the LA Kings organization after being acquired on waivers, reacquired on waivers, and was playing in Ontario. And we were going to have him on and talk about his story. Uh, and because he's just so excited to have rejoined the LA Kings organization. He had some great tweets, by the way, over the last week, if you haven't seen those. And then we were going to record with him on Sunday, a, a week or two back. And 
he got called up that day and he had to leave for the airport. <laughs> so, I mean, I did do an interview one time with Tyler Toffoli at the airport many, many years ago, World Juniors related, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've done one with Kyle Clifford at the airport. But we thought for Wolanin we wouldn't do the podcast from the airport. So we have postponed our Christian Wolanin podcast as well. So my point to all of this, Dennis, is that it's not like we haven't been trying, um, but Correct. we just don't want to turn out an episode for the sake of turning out an episode. We, we, uh, we've been trying to get some, some good guests on here to have some good contact, E.B. And Mayor, it's only 30 games in. Patience is a virtue. Let's go, fans. Just just relax. Watch the games and, you know, hit us up on Twitter, even though there's some super donkeys out there right now. So let's uh, let's get let's get to the episode. I did say contact a minute ago, and I meant to say content just for all of those that love to correct yeah. grammar. So I meant we have, we course. like to produce good content. But Dennis, we have a great guest today. We have uh, Stephen Nelson coming on. It has become Absolutely. the tradition here at Kings yes. of the Podcast. It's World Junior season. I mean, forget about Christmas, forget about Hanukkah, forget about all the other stuff. <laughs> Festivus, tw- forget that. Festivus, too. I don't care what it is that you celebrate. <laughs> None of it is more important than what's coming up on the 26th. That is the kickoff, the annual kickoff of World Junior Hockey. It is the best tournament on the planet. I can't wait, Dennis. And uh, this is what I wanted your help with. I know that some of our listeners enjoy when we sort of talk about some of the uh, – the stuff away from the ice and some of the things sure. that either you do or that I do. And we talk about your road trips and, you know, things I do and whatnot. Um, I just have to tell you, Dennis, I'm under a lot of stress right now. And I mean this seriously, I'm not joking. Yeah. So okay. um, I am set to fly out on the 26th and the, mm-hmm. um, this isn't necessarily about COVID. This is just about trying to follow the rules. So I'm trying to get on this damn airplane, Dennis, and the right. rules are changing from you. Know, I'm vaccinated, but you have to get a, a COVID test. Right. First, it was within three days. Then it's within 24 hours. Well, this is over Christmas weekend. Where am I going to get a COVID test within 24 Mm -hmm. hours? Okay, now I can do it at the airport, but you have to pay the 200 bucks to do it at the airport. You have to. And and my flight doesn't leave or the the last appointment was like four hours before my flight leaves. So now I'm spending, you know, the whole day at the airport. Airport, Dennis, I'm stressed out and I'm starting to now understand and relate to when last year, you would hear the NHL teams and players talk about, you know, we just have to get everybody safely into the bubble. And then right. same thing at the World Juniors. We just had to get everybody into the bubble. That's what I'm feeling now. I just need to get to damn Red Deer. And I blame you for part of this, Dennis. That's really what sure. I wanted to let you know. Yes, you because there's a part of me that would just say, this is just too much. This is just not worth it. I don't need to go through all the stress and trying to get into the bubble and trying to get to Red Deer, you know, safely and wearing my mask and all this stuff. But you're the one who talked me into it because um, you didn't mean to. But in my head, whenever I have these doubts, I just think about you going like, oh, I went to Montreal. I just I got a COVID test Mm -hmm. and I got on the plane and everything worked out fine. So it's all because of you, Dennis. That's that's what I'm trying to let you know. John, what I didn't tell you the part in Montreal when um, (laughs) half of Beijing got off the plane with me and the lines were like it was 90 minutes in customs and staying on these entirely Ugh. long lines where Ugh. 80% of the people didn't speak English. I left that part out conveniently. Okay. So. Thank you. Thank so you. hopefully you won't have that issue. And, and when I went to, well, are you flying to Calgary? Is I'm that- flying. That's a great question. I'm flying to Edmonton. Uh, okay. So you get, you get the nonstop, you get the beauty flight, you get to Edmonton yep. and then I'm driving to driving Red down. Yep. Um, and I'll just give uh, Ryan Pike a shout, uh, a shout out here. You know him, he covers the Calgary yes, flames. Yep. And I asked him, I just was like, Hey, what's the deal? Because Red Deer is like literally halfway between, between should it I is. fly to yeah. Calgary or should I fly to Edmonton? And um, what I kind of picked up was that the drive is a little bit easier from Edmonton to Red Deer. I don't know what that means. Less windy roads. I don't know, yeah. whatever. Better freeways, something. But um, it's about two hours. It's one road. 
Okay, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I've mean, made I, the drive, John. I've actually made the drive. Oh, and drove you? through Red Deer. Yeah. Okay. There's a there's a beautiful Best Buy in Red Deer, and that that's about it. <laughs> okay. So have fun in Red Deer. So I, I've made the drive. And John, I, it's funny. I made the reverse drive. It was a couple of years ago. I took PJ with me. We went as we went as civilians. I wasn't doing media. Okay. Um, and and I was at the Edmonton Hotel, and I said. Uh, look, I'm driving um, to Calgary, and I know you can. Red Deer's on the way. Like, is there any sightseeing, anything that I, I can do on that drive? They go, no, there's absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's four hours. Good luck. It's well, it's it's the prairies, John. It's 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 not. There's no sightseeing. It's, well, it's I have like texted. I have texted Daryl Sutter several times to see um, no, if fine. I could get a private tour of the ranch. <laughs> While I'm there, but he's he's not returning my calls, which is kind of frustrating, but not surprising at the same time. Uh, by the way, happy Daryl Day. I don't know if you saw the tweets today, but uh, it was I the did, anniversary yes. of Daryl Sutter's first game behind the bench, although nothing beats the press conference. But Dennis, here's here's the reason why I set my trip up the way that I did. So for sure. those that don't know what's happening at the World Juniors, you have two pools. You have Group A and you have Group B. Group A is happening in Edmonton. And um, that group is Canada, Finland, Germany, the Czech Republic, although they changed their name. They're no longer the Czech Republic. Group B is the group that's happening in Red Deer. And so this happens all the time at the World Juniors. They're kind of we're like two host cities for the preliminary round. And then they all come together for the semifinals and the final. Well, Group B is the U.S., Russia, Sweden, Slovakia, and Switzerland. So, Dennis, Group B is the pool of death. Uh, if you look at those teams, the U.S. Sure. could win the pool. Russia could win the pool. Sweden could win the pool. Slovakia is a very underrated team. But here's the thing. Um, I wanted to get the opportunity to see uh, in person every L.A. Kings prospect that is playing in the Got tournament. It. Got it. And so and, and during preliminary play, because in, in, right, right. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in the quarterfinal games. And so you don't know sure. what the matchups are going to be. So I figured if I checked off all the boxes during the prelim round, I would get everybody. So I've set it up that way, DB. Here's how it's going to work. So um, unfortunately, I am going to miss the first day of the World Juniors, which is the 26th, because I'm flying out that day. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a bummer. But on the 27th, Finland plays in Edmonton. So I'm going to land in Edmonton. I'm going to stay the night in Edmonton. I'm going to go to the Finland game on the 27th. And you have uh, two Kings prospects on that team, including Sammy Hellenius, uh, who is the big six foot six kid that they drafted this past season. So Finland, I'll get to see a couple Kings prospects there. Uh, and uh, let's see who's Finland playing on the 27th. Um, they're playing. Uh, da, 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 da. They're, oh, they're playing Austria. Okay. So that mm -hmm. night, because there's two games in each city each day. So that night, right. I had the opportunity to either stay in Edmonton and I would see the Czech Republic in Germany, uh, or I could leave and I could catch the nightcap in Red Deer. Now, I will just tell you as a little uh, footnote, because you love the trivia. Originally, I was going to stay the night in Edmonton because on the 28th, Canada is playing Austria. And so I wanted to see Brant Clark, who was expected sure. to play for Team Canada. And then I was going to leave to go to Red Deer. But then when Clark ended up not making the team, I said, well, there's no reason to stay in Edmonton. Let me uh, hurry up and get down to Red Deer because the evening matchup on the 27th DB, Sweden versus Slovakia, Kings on Kings crime right out of the gate, baby. You have Helga Granz playing for Team Sweden. And then you have uh, on Team Slovakia, you have Martin Kromiak. So I'm good to go with some Kings on Kings crime on the opening uh, on the opening night that I'm there. And then and then from there, it's uh, three straight U.S. games. I get to see U.S. play uh, Switzerland. And then on the 29th, some big action DB, um, more. You get a double dose. How about this, Dennis? Be ready for my tweets. On the 29th, you get a double dose of Kings on Kings crime. You get the morning game is Slovakia versus Russia. 
So the aforementioned Chromiak going up against Kursanov and Russia. And then the nightcap, you're going to get Sweden versus the U.S., the Battle of Kings defensive prospects. You're going to get Sweden with Helga Granz and the U.S. with Brock Faber. So a double dose of, uh, of Kings on Kings crime. And then on the uh, 30th DB, just one game, Slovakia and Switzerland. And then it all comes to a head on the 31st, which is Switzerland and Sweden. And then the final game, New Year's Eve, the headliner, U.S. versus Russia. And if everything lines up perfectly, Dennis, not only is that Kings on Kings crime uh, with, again, another pair of Kings defensemen, but U.S.-Russia is always an amazing game. The two countries, the Cold War might be over, Dennis, but these two teams still hate each other uh, when they're playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And that could be for first place in pool play, in, in pool B. So that's, that's what's lined up coming up at World Juniors. May I have a question for you? So you're, you're landing what, on, on Sunday? Uh, and... I, what is Sunday, the 26th? Yeah. Yes, I land yeah. on the evening of the 26th, yes. Okay, and you're going to be in Edmonton for what, two days? No, one day. Well, I mean, I guess because okay. I'm leaving the 27th. So I okay. land there on the 26th. Mm-hmm. I only have one hotel night in Edmonton, which is the 26th. Okay. That's what I'm getting the at. 20, okay. Because, Mayor, in Edmonton on Monday, the low is going to be 26 degrees below zero. Yeah. You know what? Here's what I've learned. Um, I have 26 to, below Fahrenheit. I, well, that, here's the healthy. thing. I have, I've, I've come to accept the fact that I have to deal with the cold. That's just the way it is. Look, I went to the outdoor game. Canada, U.S. at Buffalo Bills Stadium, whatever it's called in Orchard Park these days. I don't know. Whatever the corporate sponsor is. Um, That game was freezing, beyond freezing, Dennis. Uh, But U.S.-Canada was amazing. A great outdoor game. Loved it. It's just part of the World Juniors. I went to the World Juniors in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. It's freezing Mm -hmm. cold. Went to the World Juniors in Vancouver. It was not necessarily freezing cold. I did my nice brisk walk and i i we've talked mm-hmm. about that in the past I no like, walking in red there john the high on tuesday yeah, and wednesday yeah. is minus 15 below well i there's, there's a starbucks a couple blocks from the hotel i was you won't about get walking. there it'll no? freeze no no <laughs> minus <laughs> 15, that's the high the high is going to be minus 15 below john you know what i found out though dennis they do have yes. uber in red i had to check this out they have oh, uber. <laughs> they do have <laughs> uber in red deer so not when all the cars are frozen john Oh, Dennis, come on, man. Lay off with all the bad juju. Tell me I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to I'm going to get on the plane. I'm going to make it into the bubble. Just oh, all fine. the plane stuff is going to be fine. Okay. That's all right. not an issue. I have a coat. I have thermal underwear. I'm going to be fine. Okay. Okay. I can't wait for the text. I can't text you. My fingers are frozen. Okay. <laughs> it's probably true. Enjoy. Stop stressing about the travel. It's really not that difficult. Just get the COVID test. You're going, and you're supposed to have a COVID test coming back out of the country to the states. I did one in Montreal, and they never even looked at it. So, um, yeah, you can, have, you can exhale on that stuff. I, I will. Uh, I will give a shout out to the Sutter family, though, on this one because I I spoke with an agent who had recently been in Alberta and was asking mm-hmm. for some advice about you know where should I go and get my COVID test and whatnot to come back, and sure. um, he reached out to. Uh, Whatever this, and I apologize. The Sutter brother that owns all of Red Deer, basically, and runs the Rebels. Okay. I forget which right. one. There's so many damn it's Sutters. I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, if it's not Chris, I really don't care because that's my guy, Chris that's Sutter. True. I'm all it's about Chris cool. Sutter. Um, <laughs> to, to whichever one of the Sutter brothers that hooked me up and took care of it, uh, thank you so much, and thank you to the agent for connecting us and and, and making it all happen. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I can't wait. World Juniors. Um, I know it's it's your pilgrimage. I get it. I understand. This is it. Well, here's the other it. thing too, Dennis. Uh, it's it's been in North America several times recently because they reconfigured the schedule. But after this, dude, the next two years, I'm going to be Jones and hard. The next two World Juniors are in oh, Europe. I think where? it's uh, I think it's you know? Russia and then Sweden, wow. 
and because Sweden and Canada had to trade because of the whole bubble year last year. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so next year, I think, is Russia. The year after that is Sweden. And then in the third year from now, it's going to be back in Canada. And then the fourth year, it comes to the U.S. And I think mm -hmm. I mentioned this before, DB, from all indications, Vegas plans on bidding yeah, on the yeah. World Juniors. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the world yeah, juniors in Vegas? Oh, that would be amazing. It's, it's, look, it's a natural for any tournament because of the hotel rooms, because of the arena, because of the new arena that, that Henderson, it's built in Henderson. But to me, like, imagine seeing the world juniors in Russia. That would be something. That would <laughs> Dennis, be a bucket list thing. Dennis, I'm trying to get to Edmonton. I can't even fathom trying to get to Russia okay. in a year okay. from now. I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. You want to okay. go to Russia for the world juniors? I might. Well, it depends. You know, Newton John, there's talk of the uh, NHL teams playing exhibition games against KHL now in September. Okay, but September doesn't help me. Uh, 12 26. Mm -hmm. See, Hanukkah will have already been over. You're free. Oh, you don't yeah, have Hanukkah's anything going over. on. So you, you, you want to go? You want to go to Russia? Maybe. We'll see. Okay. I'll make I've a deal with you. Think about it. Go I'll ahead. make a deal with you. If you'll go deal. to Russia, I'll go to Russia. We'll go to okay. the World Juniors. Okay. All right. I've got, I've got nine months to think about it. <laughs> i can't even imagine all the things that are going to go wrong in nine months let's do this dennis uh, enough travel woes and enough of my complaints and enough of you scaring me with minus 26 below stories um on the other side of the break why don't we bring in steven nelson he'll bring us back to reality we'll talk some hockey we'll talk team usa world junior championships here we go steven nelson on the other side of the break where the treetops and children listen in the snow Welcome back, second period, Kings of the Podcast. And I had just I have to tell everybody that we had this planned, then it was unplanned, now it's planned again. Here we are. Uh, it's it's become the world junior tradition here at Kings of the Podcast. Yeah. Can't talk yeah. world juniors without talking Steven Nelson. So uh, Nelly, welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Mayor D B. Well, I mean, technically you can talk world juniors without me. In fact, a lot of people would tell you you should. Just talk oh, World no. Juniors with, without me. But I, I do like that this has become a little tradition. I now plan the week of Christmas, the day after Christmas, of course, is the start of the World Junior Championship. The days before are all dedicated to clearing my schedule for recording a podcast. Well, good. With you guys. Well, thank you. Uh, whoever those people are that say that we should not be talking World Juniors with you, they're crazy because I've been on this train for a couple years now and keep trying to tell everybody, <laughs> and Dennis agrees yeah. with me. You're just haters. You're, That's all they are. You're Come like on, the play-by-play -play guy that people should sign up and get on board with because you're amazing. And uh, nah. first off, I, no, no, let's let's give you some kudos. We have a lot to get to, but do want to give you some yeah. kudos because getting some working with the Blackhawks this season um, right. has been pretty exciting. Oh, beyond, beyond exciting. Like, look, I, I, I've used the term dream come true in my career before, but this legitimately was a dream come true because, it, honestly, even my wildest dreams growing up, did uh, I ever think I'd be in a booth for a Chicago Blackhawks game? And uh, so it was a, a really cool honor to, you know, to go on their 
the road trip out west to Seattle, uh, Alberta, where Will Juniors will be here in a few days, and, and in Vancouver as well. And um, hopeful for the chance to maybe get a couple more games before the season ends here. But yeah, I, I, again, I could stop doing broadcasting tomorrow, and uh, the career would be complete. You know, having checked that one off the bucket list. So. But I, I, I do appreciate the both of you guys. You, you are right that you're not blowing smoke up um, my mind no. or lying to the listeners. You have you have been uh, unbelievably supportive of, of me. Why I, I I can't figure it out. I stopped <laughs> trying to figure it out. But I, but I but I love you for it. And well, you also forget about the Blackhawks. You also got to spend some time with Colin Frazier. And, and I'm a firm believer that yes. any time that you spend with Fraz is like the best uh, of the month or maybe even for the year. That's, it's just amazing. Your life is better when you spend time with Fraz. He, he was even better than uh, uh, a cooler dude to be around than I thought. Like mm-hmm. I, everybody loves Fraz who, who talks to him, meets him. It's just around him, like they say he's just a cool guy, but I, I had never met him and, and I finally did. And, and everybody, including you, you were absolutely right. He's just good people, great energy. Um, and yeah, like hopefully I could do a game with him one day because uh, I, I think he gets it. Yeah, but we just go, <laughs> we were just shooting the breeze about life in Southern California because we both missed it. He's uh, he has some great stories. Just don't talk music with him, though, because his no, I know, Nickel, I know, his, I know. his love for Nickelback is terrible. <laughs> I, I honestly, I like I don't have the energy to have the Nickelback conversation on this bus ride uh, from the Ed, from Edmonton uh, to the airport from the building, uh, which took forever. Uh, so I I didn't broach that topic. Hey, Nelly, so uh, I did want to ask you uh, with respect to being in the building. Like you had, you you had been calling all the juniors in the studio. So how is it? How how different is it to go back into a broadcast booth in an arena and call hockey? Was it that much difference for you? Honestly, it was it was pretty weird. Just because you had I had to like retrain my eyes to not look at the return monitor. You know, like follow the the action in front of you, and it was like opening up a whole new world again that I hadn't been in. three years uh, essentially the, the first world junior so the 18-19 tournament in, in British Columbia um, that was the last time I called a hockey game in, in person really right so uh, it, it took a little bit to get adjusted you know one in, in Edmonton you're calling the game from the moon um, that's how high up the, yeah, the, the press high. box yeah. is uh, they did not take into account <laughs> the media or press when building that palace um, and then you know Van had done, I, I, done a game there before you know so i was comfortable there uh calgary was very uncomfortable because you're on the floating gondola of death um at the saddle (laughs) zone and you feel like you're about to fall onto the ice at any possible second but putting all those the the sight lines aside and all that it was just yeah just trying to um get back in the habit of um you know putting my eyes on on the ice as opposed to the tv because that's we've been exclusively off a tiny television monitor in Secaucus, right. New Jersey the last few years. So um, that's where we'll be for, for these little juniors, obviously, um, you know, the, with, with the pandemic, you know, uh, catching another wind here. We're going into year three, which is pretty unbelievable. It sucks, but, sure is. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try and continue to, to, to make lemonade. You know, to answer your original question, Nelly, the reason we're nice to you is that knowing our online persona, we have to be nice to somebody. 
And you're you're the fortunate guy. That that's what we decided upon. We're gonna pick Steven Nelson. Wouldn't it be nice to him and just you know screw everybody else? Yes. Hey, you know what? If I, the fact that I, I'm the guy like that is the the worst. Like you, you know, you pick a number on a roulette table. You pick the worst number to put your chips on in me. But but thank you for yeah. We 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 text all the time. You know, during baseball season. And you know, like obviously now doing doing World Junior, so it's actually it's been really fun getting getting to know you guys in the past few years. And uh, before we move on to World Juniors, let's also ask you. You know, uh, baby Kai was born here a few months back. How's how's yeah. daddy life going? How's mom? How's the baby? Hey, you know, everyone's healthy and doing well. I appreciate you guys you guys for asking. It, I, I've been you know looking forward to, to being a dad for for a long time. You know, I think you know my, my parents. Uh, I was very lucky, and so I just wanted wanted to pass that on to to somebody in the next generation. And so my like hopes and expectations for it were already, you know, super sky high. And 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 then you you meet them, and it just and you go or her, and you you go through this experience, and it just it's indescribable. Um, so look, there are there are nights where where you don't get as much sleep or hardly any sleep, but even in those moments when, you know, he's keeping you up at night, he looks up at us and he, you know, he's a really happy kid. And so he'll smile or give a look and you're just like, God, you know, damn it. I can't be mad anymore. You know, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> this is the best no sleep ever. So, it, you know, it's been a, a, an unreal ride. And yeah. First Christmas coming up for him and first world junior. So, uh, this is big. I like the priority there. First Christmas, and then immediately followed with first World Juniors too. So that's good. I was trying to, I was trying to segue and put it on a T for you, Mayor. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I do need to know. You've been getting your research done. I know Starman's been yeah. tweeting out that he's been getting his research done. Are, are you up to speed now with all of the LA Kings? Right. You have Brock Faber on Team USA. You, uh, he's yeah. going to be wearing a letter. So you're good with him. You know what's going on? Yeah, I am. And the Fromiak first game. Yes. Against Slovakia. Yes. I, I I still have your nugget that I'm not going to say on this podcast. I'm going to save it for the broadcast. Beautiful. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. And then all, and then in, I, for Team Russia. Tie, yeah, a tie to the to the 2002 uh, Kings. Okay. Or tied to yeah, tied to 2002 Slovakian national team and some names that Kings fans will know and remember and appreciate that nugget came courtesy of John Hoban. So anyways, I have that one ready to go, but I, yes, I am up to speed uh, on your Kings prospects. Now group B is going to be dominated by the LA Kings prospects, or I should say the Kings prospects are heavily in group B. You have Finland mm -hmm. over in group a uh, with a couple Kings prospects, but you'll get to call uh, I, to me, the big game really, I mean, new year's Eve is always a big, a big night, but USA versus Russia uh, yeah. On New Year's Eve, the final game of the preliminary round there of pool play, mm -hmm. that could be for first place if everything lines up perfectly. If, yeah. if if things go down the way that I think many expect, including myself, that's for first place in Pool B, yeah. and it's going to have some kings on kings crime because Brock Faber for Team USA, and then uh, the defenseman Kursanov playing for Team Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I do it, on paper anyway. That should be for first place in the pool. And I feel like it's two years in a row where the Kings pipeline is dominating the world juniors. Wait, how many, they have, how many guys last year? Like 
10, nine. Yeah. Last, I, last I, year they had, they had more and uh, it looked yeah. like this year they were going to go back as high as 10, but the way things sort of have, uh, you know, have right. shook out, yeah. it didn't quite get that many, but I mean, still there's, no. there's, there's quite a few, a couple on Finland, you have drones mm-hmm. on Sweden. No, definitely. And, and, you know, and the, the Ducks as well. So I think Southern California hockey has been well represented the past couple of years, but no, I, I do think that uh, USA Russia is, you know, the one that people have you know circled on the calendars it was the opener to pool play last year and you know russia took it to spencer knight and team usa you know obviously that didn't have any <laughs> uh, bearing on the the final uh, fo- final podium and then this year it'll wrap up group play you know russia probably um again all on paper but seemingly more top heavy this year than deep um that does not mean that you know they won't uh, be a problem though uh so but yeah, for Team USA, it's you know it's also a different roster and different feel this year than last as well, and that's why you know Nate Lehman has, has, has said anybody talks to him about you know Team USA defending gold medal. We're not defending gold medals. This is a totally different <laughs> roster. Yeah. You know that's and that's and look that's a little bit of coach speak, but you also can understand it. There's just so much turnover. The the cycles, you know, this thing a cyclical tournament. The cycles are are really quick, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, from one birth year to the next. So it's just kind of uh, getting a, uh, a handle on, you know, all the changes in personnel and style for each country. Nelly, doesn't that, you mentioned the changes and you mentioned Spencer Knight. Isn't that a huge difference now? No Spencer Knight. His two backups aren't in net. It's an entirely different goaltending trio for the U.S. coming in, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, last year that was kind of the, the chief strength. You know, they were built from the net out with not only Spencer Knight, but Dustin Wolf. And Drew Camesso was supposed to be the third goalie behind those two. And right. you know, he wasn't able to be a part of the tournament because of COVID protocols. And you know, he said that was perhaps the most devastating time in his life to not be a part of that team. Well, this year, he's slated to be the number one. The team USA, for whatever reason, has been somewhat mum on. Uh, the goalie depth chart, but everything that they've shown us, you know, leading up to this point indicates that Drew Comesso is going to get the the biggest shot to be the guy. Caden Embarico, it was a 2022 draft prospect right now playing in Lincoln in the USHL. Uh, it's then probably slotted in number two and then Dylan Silverstein uh, with the NDP, NPDP uh, would be the number three guy. But uh, it, it's, this is going to be an interesting thing to watch because you know if you look at Drew Camesso's stat line on the whole this year you're like wow this is not Spencer Knight that's for sure right. but Drew Camesso yep. is is look he was the second goalie drafted last year behind Askarov who you know was highly touted and if you look at his recent form Camesso is playing his best hockey of the year at the right time last seven games going into the tournament at BU his save percentage is at 930 and that's really helped, you know, his numbers. BU has got off to a terrible start. They were banged up. So, again, it's one of those things you can't read into a lot of those numbers. There's, there's some more context there. But um, there, he's, a, he's a player that Team USA has a ton of faith in. He has a lot of confidence in. And the similarity between him and Knight is just how they're wired. Like, they never – Spencer Knight is, like, he almost has zero pulse. You know, not too high, not too low. And Camesso is similar in that way. And I think that is perfect for any goalie, but especially a goalie in this tournament. Because if, if Spencer Knight was to get too low after the opener in Russia, 
he does not rattle off three shutouts on route to helping Team sure. USA win a gold medal. So um, that's kind of, uh, you know, my early beat on Drew Camesso and the goaltending situation in Team USA. Now, thankfully for him and whoever's between the pipes, is that you do have, uh, in, in most people's estimation, including mine, and I imagine yours as well, the best defense core in the tournament yes. belongs to the yeah. American. Yes. So whoever is, whoever gets the pipes, whoever has the net, they can rely on the blue liners that they have in front of them because they're tremendous. I think one disappointing thing, though, among you know all the other COVID-related disappointments, though, the fact that some of the preliminary games had to be postponed and they're only going to get to play yeah. one game, I think that is something to keep an eye on because – those defensemen would have had the opportunity to play in front of more than just one American goalie for a full game. If they had played multiple, you know, pre-tournament yeah, games now, point. now with all these teams, just getting that one tune-up game, I think that that could come into play uh, as the tournament wears along and, and you get, because usually you see most teams get their second or third goalie, get a game during the preliminary round, but it's not like they're coming mm-hmm. in cold because they typically had one game during the preliminary round, but now their first yeah. game action with that, you know, defense that you just talked about would come actually during the preliminary round. No, I, I think that's a great point. And, and, you know, even going beyond the goal, goaltenders and just looking at things through a, a team USA lens, I think um, there's going to be, there's always line shuffling in this tournament, you know, cause you're trying to create chemistry and, uh, find lines that work as quick as possible. And those pre-tournament games are a massive part of that. Yes. And with this, with this roster specifically, particularly up front, the expectation for Nate Lehman's staff is that they're going to have to kind of mix and match and put lines in a blender here to try and figure things out. I think the only thing that's set in stone is that you're going to see Matty Beneers and Brett Berard, two of the six returners, those two will stay together no matter what. Yeah. When um, we did that, 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 when we did that pre-call uh, that media call with, with Nate a few, maybe a week or so ago, he had talked about the fact that he had a couple of pairs in mind among his forwards, mm-hmm. but that there would be some, some line shuffling to figure out who the, the third guy on each yeah. line would be. So he has some pairs in mind at least. Yeah, no. And, but and to your point, I, I did, which is spot on. I think you know, only having one tune up, is um, is suboptimal, especially before an opener against Slovakia. That again, not one of the the big five countries that everybody thinks about. This this is a Slovakian team that nobody should be sleeping on. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're they're going to create some problems in pool play for sure, and I they they have the talent to um, steal a game or two. I would say in the medal round. So anybody who thinks that it's going to be a tune-up the first couple games before Sweden and Russia to round out pool play. Um, just don't be caught with your pants down, you know, not respecting Slovakia. Well, every year there's a team that you're not expecting to do well, and they they bring you back to reality, right? Because they just need right. to push a game to overtime to screw up the rankings and the standings or, you know, even steal a win. We've seen that with mm-hmm. uh, Switzerland has done that at different times and things Germany, like that. Germany. Yeah. Yeah, several of those teams. Yep. So it mm-hmm. will be interesting. Um, now, we know that the Americans are going to try to piece some goals together to go along with their their solid defense uh, over in Pool A, Team Canada. They're loaded again, as always. Uh, but their weakness seems to be uh, 
well, goaltending perhaps is their is their weakest point. Would you agree? It's well, that was definitely the case last year, and then you know, I, when you listen to some of the um, some of the the, the the media folk in the run up to this tournament, they, they it seems like they feel more confident in this year's goaltending unit than they did last year anyway. But Devin Levi was was outstanding last year. Yeah. Like, so again, like you know, you expected him or you know that unit to you know be the weak link, and then he, he was tremendous. So that's the thing. You know, last year they had what twenty of the twenty-one players on the roster, you know, were first-round picks or whatever. So for, that's never a question with Team Canada is, is the level of talent and the number of um, high draft picks or touted prospects. You know, Connor Bedard making the team as a sixteen-year-old this year, generating a lot of headlines. The Avalon Power, Shane Wright, and you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but but for them, it's you know. Um, I had to pick a, <laughs> that's a, I, again, that's a country. I don't, I don't know what, if, if they really have yeah. a weakness and I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's goaltending this year, but again, I'm, I'm not an expert on, on hockey Canada this year. All I know is what I've heard people say. And it seems like they're more confident this year's netminders than they were last year. Well, they always have a, an air of confidence about them, especially when the tournament yeah, is in Canada. So uh, for yeah. those that don't you know, remember two years ago, at least when fans were in the building, uh, Finland pulled off the upset in the semifinal in Vancouver uh, and prevented prevented Canada from Ooh. going to the gold medal game. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens this time around. They are on opposite sides, so it is possible, yeah. depending on how things shake out in the pool play and and you have the crossover in the quarterfinals. But it could be Canada, U.S., in the final, it could be a number of different teams, though. Finland has a strong team as well. Um, they always, you know, they seem to be the upstart team uh, that nobody predicts to win. And then Finland just goes out and dominates. So it'll be it'll be interesting. And yeah. Sweden's and, long streak it ended as well. Uh, what were you going to say? Right. No, I was just going to say, you know, Finland is is it's kind of they're like the thorn in, in Team USA side. And obviously the Americans beat them last year. Thanks to the Artie party. Arthur Kaliev. There you with, go. With the, with the go ahead goal in the last two minutes. Um, in the semifinal, but that, you know, that's a, that's a, a country that has given Team USA fit um, over yes. <laughs> these past few years when it comes to junior hockey and not just world juniors, you know, you got new teams and, and the like, that's just a, a federation that has done really well on developing its program. Um, Sweden. Yeah. Again, now that the streak is over, you know, they got that kind of um, that, that elephant is no longer in the room every time, you know, they, they come to a world junior championship. So now it's just about them, you know, getting back to the medal stand. And it doesn't seem like on paper that they um, are, are, are viewed as certainly not as gold medal favorites. And, uh, you know, I think it'd be a pleasant surprise for fans of Swedish hockey if they were to get a medal at all. Um, but again, that's just on paper. Well, when the U.S. plays Sweden, make sure to give some extra special love to Granz, the uh, Kings prospect. He's going to play top pairing. He's going to get some power play time. He's having a great season in Ontario. He just scored a goal uh, right before he left. So he has a couple goals uh, pro season this year in North America and uh, scored a goal in his final game before heading out of town. So that you have that. And then if the if the Americans do play Finland, uh, make sure you give some special love to Sammy Hellenius. Of course, he's the six-six center oh, yeah. that the Kings drafted. He's expected to play kind of the Phil Deneau role, heavy power play. Excuse me, heavy penalty kill, kind of more of a defensive third-line center. Uh, and he also brings some physicality to it as well. So, 
Th- oh, th- yeah. Those are some guys to keep an eye on. No, he popped last year too. But you know, look, I always text you before and during games for Kings prospect nuggets. And I, I you know, beyond like the, the X's and O's stuff, like I, you know, the, the, the random things that you know about, you know about these guys are is unbelievable. And that's why people go to, you know, come to the Kings, the podcast for that info. So, and that's why I do as well. <laughs> well, thank um, you. So I'll be doing, I, that, that won't, that won't change. Okay. That won't change. Uh, I'm excited, hey, I'm, I, I, I to bring it back to team USA and with the Kings. I, I'm really um, excited to watch Brock Faber this year. I think um, in terms of ink, he doesn't get as much as captain Jake Sanderson yep. or, you know, Luke Hughes will being a part of the Hughes family or, you know, even uh, a few other guys, mm-hmm. but Brock Faber is, is an absolute dude. And you know, if, if they didn't, if folks didn't learn that last year, I really do believe that uh, this year, um, this year he'll, he'll show them. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's just a special, special kid and a hell of a hockey player. Well, Nate Lehman obviously loves him because you think about last year, he was the eighth defenseman from most of the experts when they were penciling out the uh, the, the projected mm-hmm. lineup. He wasn't even expected by many people to make the team. He makes the team as the quote-unquote extra defenseman ends up basically being on the top pair that Lehman, you know, counted on in, in, in certain yeah. situations. And then this year he's come he's come back and he's wearing a letter and uh, Nate did refer to him as one of the best, if not the best, uh, defenseman in college hockey right now. So I think he's going to get a lot of a lot of love this year, hopefully, at the tournament. And here's the deal. He's expected to turn pro at the end of the year as well. Sorry to all the University yeah. of Minnesota you know, fans, but he's expected to turn <laughs> pro at the end of the year. So uh, he'll be part of the LA Kings organization, either you know playing in Ontario or maybe even making a push for the roster um, in training camp. Look, we're going to let you run. We know you have to, to prepare and to sleep and to, well, try to sleep uh, with the baby. But <laughs> yeah. I, I just have to ask one final question. You know, mm-hmm. NHL Network is going to go on this run here uh, over Christmas weekend, and they're going to play a bunch of the gold medal games leading into the World Juniors. So I just have to know, I know you need to give some family time to the wife and baby, but are you going to sit down and watch some of those gold medal games for Team USA, get the juices flowing? Uh, I I will watch them if Steve Mears is on the call. <laughs> I, will, I will not. You're too kind. You're too kind. I will watch them if Steve Mears is on the call. I'm, I'm, I'm one and one in gold medal games. You know, the Finland Kapo Kako, you know, breaking the hearts of American hockey fans yes. in Vancouver. You ruined Mikey Anderson's. You ruined Mikey Anderson's yeah. night that night. Mikey Anderson was yeah. very distraught. And, and, and you know, you know, last year, you know, obviously was was amazing. USA Canada gold medal. Uh, an American shutout, but there is one, one error I made on that broadcast that it, it makes me cringe every time I think about it. And therefore I will never be able to watch that broadcast, which again, this is just, this is just like a, you know, a personal thing. Oh. Um, there, there is a moment in, in the final moments where the puck comes around the board and Dustin Wolf, the backup goalie for team USA kind of motions on the bench. You see him as the puck goes by, kind of motioning the puck to try and uh, usher it out of the zone. And it was like the first thing I thought of when I saw saw that was, oh, like that's like Pudge Fisk at Fenway Park, the, you know, the famous home run. And for whatever reason, I, and I'd just done a, a baseball show for MLB Network called Big Innings where we talked about like epic moments and we showed that Pudge Fisk home runs and I talked about um, the impact that that moment had on sports broadcasting as a whole, because that was really kind of the birth of the ISO cam. 
Um, right. Anyway, I, for whatever reason, I said yes at Fenway Park. Isn't Carl, <laughs> no, no. Carl, no. Carl <laughs> Yastrzemski. Well, at least you didn't so say I, Mike Yastrzemski. So, yeah, go. that's a great point. That's a great point. I would... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring up the San Francisco Giant for you. <laughs> that would have been worse. That exactly. That would have been. I know. And so I. I don't know why it happened, but it happened, and I hate myself for it, and I'll hate myself for it till the end of time. Nelly, so, come on now. Yeah. You, you, your play-by-play, your call of the games for Team USA the last couple of years at the World Juniors has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm all for being a perfectionist. DB is on my case quite a bit about you know oh, that I'm too yes. much of a perfectionist. Yes, you are. But come on, man. The one thing, the one mistake you made, you have to let it go. Watch the game. It's an amazing game. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a great game. And look, like you said, I'm, I'm wired. I'm wired like you, man. Like there's, you know, you could get nine questions out of 10 right. But that one that you yeah. missed that you feel like you should have got, that's the one that's going to stick with you. And that's how I feel about it. Just because, look, I'm trying to get better at this thing and, you know, little things like that. Uh, just can't happen if I want to get to where I want to be. But again, that's just a purely like personal, selfish thing, like self uh, scout sort of deal. Um, it, and I say that you know mostly in, in jest. Like it's obviously, <laughs> I love the experience more than I hated that moment. You know what I mean? But <laughs> anyway, uh, it's we we to, I'll stop rambling and taking time up the the podcast and, and just say that it's. Uh, always a fun honor to be on the call for this tournament because it's such a such a tournament near and dear to you know true hockey fans' hearts. Um, and yeah, and you know, this year you know, it, it won't be any different. Well, we appreciate having you back on. Thank you so much. I will uh, give a, a special request to the hockey gods out there. Let Team USA and Canada uh, run it back again in the gold medal game this year. Give you a chance to make up for that horrible blunder from uh, previous, from before, and uh, give you a chance to you know ha- have have one for your for your audition tape. That's a, a perfect call. <laughs> the redemption. Yes, Terry hey, Smith, Mayor. Travel safe. You're going to be there Thank providing you. hockey fans some some inside boots on the ground, but be careful um, and safe travels. And you know, I'll I'll be texting with you, man. But you know, John DB, you guys, you guys, you know, know what I think of you, your work and just you guys as, as human beings. So thanks so much for for continuing this holiday podcast tradition that we have. Now. We we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. All right, we'll take care. There you go. Steven Nelson. We'll be back right after the break to talk about that and a lot more. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Here we go. Third period. We're going to wrap it up. This is the final podcast of 2021. Dennis, um, I mean, where do we begin? What an amazing 30 minutes there with Stephen Nelson. He's always such a great yes. guest. Oh, just a wonderful guy. Um, and I'm happy for him. And, you know, he called, he said bucket list to doing the uh, 
doing the Chicago Blackhawks games, but yeah, I'm looking forward to his uh, play-by-play calls. It should be great. Unfortunately, uh, I think they're calling them from the studio instead yeah. of going there. Um, he and I, we're going we're gonna to share a beer. It's been postponed now about 30 times, but one of these days uh, we will do that. <laughs> Although it would be more fun maybe if I met him on a, on a Blackhawks trip and we hooked up with, uh, with Colin Frazier because oh, we could just let Fraz be... tell the stories the whole time. Forget about us telling oh, stories. Yeah, that'd be a left riot, John. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's a one-of-a-kind human being, Colin Frazier. Uh, and, if, you know, the last time I saw him in person was at the World Juniors when I saw oh, him in the hotel <laughs> in Vancouver. <laughs> so I wonder if all – you know, he runs Red Deer. He's the guy who built Red Deer. He's so, the guy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, him and him and the Sutters. But I wonder if, uh, if I'll run into Fraz. That'll be – That'll be fan- we might have to do an emergency podcast if I run into Fraz. Absolutely. Dennis, um, enough World Juniors talk, though. Let's try to transition, talk a little bit of L.A. Kings because we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks. A lot has gone on with the L.A. Kings um, when they were playing, and there were also some some roster moves, and some people are wondering about, well, what's going on with this player and that player? Um, let's just kind of talk high level, and then we'll drill into it. So from a standings sure. perspective, Dennis, at the pause right now, uh, the L.A. Kings – they have a record of 14, 11, and 5 after 30 games. The goal differential, which is that stat that I always love to look at, they are a plus 1. They're the last of five teams in the Pacific Division with a plus goal differential, and you usually need to have a plus goal differential mm-hmm. to, to make it into the playoffs. They're 5, 3, and 2 over their last 10 games, Dennis. And my word that I used earlier this week in, on a radio spot was inconsistent. That's the way that I would describe mm-hmm. the L.A. Kings through the first 30 games. I don't know who this team is. They win a lot of games, then they go on long losing streaks, and then they they, they win one, lose one. I just I, I can't get a I can't get a good read on this team. What what's your take after 30 well, games? Yeah, and you mentioned the word inconsistent, which I brought up with Todd. And and he I, I think the the results are inconsistent. I don't think the effort is. I think that you can look at like maybe three games. The first St. Louis game, they were terrible on the on the penalty kill. Uh, the Toronto game at home was bad, and then the Vancouver game was bad. But to me, it's like a boxing analogy, John. They hang around. Like, they get knocked down, but never get knocked out. Their defensive play, John, if you look at statistically, it's it's really good. They have been – when they check, John, and they stick to their checking game, they're in almost all the games. And I know people say it's going to come down to the offense. It's going to come down to the scoring goals. I think that's where the inconsistency is. And people say, oh, the power play sucks. I'll give you the list of teams that they're better at on the power play. They've scored more goals than Tampa, Florida, and believe it or not, Alex Ovechkin's Capitals. So the, it's their goal production on the power play is at the midpoint, where they continue to suffer as five-on-five play. That that's that's where the whole thing. So, look, the goaltender. We could talk about ever uh, forever about Jonathan Quick. The, the defense on the defensive side of the puck, and John, you mentioned records. They're I think ten, seven, and two without Drew Doughty. Like, if this team wasn't good defensively... I think your numbers without... are wrong there, Dennis. I think they're 17-0-1 without Doughty. I don't think they've lost <laughs> a game without... It's the weirdest stat in the world. It's so bizarre. You would expect the team to never win without Drew Doughty, and nobody's lobbying yeah. for the Kings to get rid of Drew Doughty. No, no, He's arguably head and shoulders above all other defensemen uh, you know, on their roster, but they do seem to have this... Crazy yeah. success this season without him in the lineup, which is well. The, the guy awesome. in the net has a lot to do with it, and I just think they bought into Todd. So all these these idiots that want Todd fired and say he's not a good coach, and they pointed his record for the Kings. Like they've bought into the system. They believe that without Drew, they can still win games, and they found ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Right by you know through the improving penalty kill, or just they don't give up a lot, John. So they, uh, to me, that's 
about what this team is. Now, 33 points in 30 games is about 90 points, which is a few points higher than I thought they would project to. It probably wouldn't still make the cut, but, you know, and you look at the shooting statistics, I think they're one of the poor shooting teams in the league right now. I think five on five, they're like 6.5%. So either one of two things happens. Either this is what they are and they're, they're, their offensive players just aren't that good. And remember, Arvidsson had a slow start. Dustin hasn't come around. Or, like, you know, they're going to regress to the mean. They're going to get better over the last 52 games. I, I'm not – and like you, John, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know. But they are in, consistently in games. And maybe as the young kids grow and, – and the one guy I'll mention is is Kaliev, right? So Kaliev is on track for, like, 16 goals on the fourth line playing 12 minutes a night. When you talk about progression – that's exactly the type of progression you want. Like if you're going to put this guy as a top six guy, that's what you see. You see 15, 16 goals playing 12 minutes a night. And the next season is a 20, is a 22 in a, in a top six role. To me, I'm really optimistic. And John, the thing about him, he's only scored two power play goals. So you would think, okay, Artie's you know, doing well. He's sorting goals. He's doing more even strength than he does on a power play. So to me, it's a very intriguing watch because they're in all the games. They're still not scoring goals, but I just Jonathan Quick's been amazing. His numbers are better than his Jennings Trophy year in 2018. So to me, it's the defensive side of the puck that's coming through for this team, and I can't explain why they win with Dowdy either. But it's got to improve offensively. All right. Well, un unknowingly, you just stole what was going to be my oh, biggest surprise geez. of the year because I was going to ask you for the biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. I have my biggest disappointment still. My yeah. biggest surprise was going to be Kaliev because I expected yeah. you, and rightfully so, to say Jonathan Quick. So let's just still do it. Uh, biggest surprise sure. on you know through thirty three games. Uh, to me, it has to be Jonathan Quick. I mean, that, that's 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 who it is, no right? Question. No I question. Mean, what is going on with Jonathan Quick? Because these numbers are like career best type numbers. It's it's unthinkable if you watch this guy over the last couple of years. Now, obviously, I've done as you have a million interviews, and I've said forever, and even Alberga loves to tease me about it because I've said <laughs> that you know Toronto got the wrong goalie, and and I've also said that Jonathan Quick has the ability to win another Stanley Cup. It probably wouldn't be with the LA Kings. It probably would have to be yeah. in a different market. But my point was that this guy is not. He is not uh, dead. He is not done. His career is not over. He had a lot of good hockey left in him. They worked with him last season, as we talked about uh, on the program last season. Yeah. They worked with him on sort of changing his style a little bit because as he's gotten older, that athletic style needed to, you know, needed to give way to a different style. And sure. and while we saw glimpses of, of I don't want to say greatness, but, you know, we saw glimpses of some real positive things last year at times, the consistency wasn't there. And this year... The consistency has been there. I mean, other than just like mm -hmm. one or two stinkers, like you said, every game, he just seems to be like, it's like, wow, one incredible save after another. Jonathan Quick is having a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Yeah, I think he, he's seen the puck, and that's a cliche, right? He's seen the puck better, John. And I don't think he's, he's not overcompensating either. He's, he's in more control of his body, and he's not yes. out of position. Like a lot of the goals last year, he's out of position, way out of position, out of his net, not on his line. And to me, it's just a very different, I think his mindset's different. And look, John... It could have went another way, right? I mean, you give Cal that extension, and you could have just anointed him and say, look, John, your numbers were bad last year. We're giving the net to Cal. And Todd never gave the net to Cal. He said, no, earn it. Go earn it. So now the next question is, in which you've you already brought up, if they do fall out of contention, like, do you want $10 million in net next year on a cap hit? Not, not cash, as you brought up many times. Um, and if, if Colorado or... Edmonton comes calling for quick. What do you do? I mean, that that's gonna that may be an issue. Now, if you stay in the race, 
you can't trade them, right? So that that's another issue. But that's a thing that is a, a positive outlook, right? We're not like coming to the season thinking, all right, well, if Quick does okay, he's going to be traded. Now, you know, John, I always keep going. It's what Dean Lombardi always told us, right? You want signs from your team that you want to add to it. And this team is showing signs. They're hanging around. They're, they're not Edmonton on offense, and they're not Tampa Bay on defense. But they're hanging around. They're in the conversation. So do you reward this team by making additions down the line? We'll see. Well, let's just calm some Kings fans' uh, nerves a little bit here, DB. I don't think that they will trade Jonathan Quick at the trade deadline because of where they are and because for as inconsistent as they have been on a nightly basis, uh, to your point, they have consistently been in the games. And so I think that even if they don't get better, quote-unquote, here over, you know, between now and what, Mm -hmm. between now and the trade deadline, the next two months, even if they don't get better, I think they will be good enough to still be in the race. So I don't think that there will be an opportunity to trade quick. I think that if if there was a window to trade him, it would have to be in the summer, and I think you cross that bridge later. I just don't think there's going to be an in-season trade. I'd be a little bit surprised, although, Dennis, we know that, there always is an opportunity for something weird to happen, right? If a top goaltender around the NHL goes down to a long-term injury and Quick is the best guy that could potentially be plucked from a team, something could happen. But all things being equal, I don't, I don't see him um, leaving because he's obviously been a big part of the Kings, mm-hmm. you know, rebirth if you want to call it that this season. Now, I thought you were going to say Quick, and so I was going to try to counter that by saying it's Kaliev for the reasons that you mentioned, and. A lot of people seem to be in a hurry to want to get him into a top six role, but yet I just say, why? Like, he's performing no, in the role NHL. that you're giving him. He's getting his 12 minutes a night. Yes, Kaliev is not going to make an NHL career out of playing alongside Blake Lazat and Brendan Lemieux, but he is a first-year NHL player. Go back and look at Tyler Toffoli. Look yeah. at all these guys that have come up before. Kaliev is going to be just fine. Uh, he doesn't need to go back to the American League. If you look at his points per game last year and you look at what he did, he more than outperformed and did all the things that were necessary last season to deserve to be in the NHL. He hasn't earned top six time yet. The Kings have other players that are in those roles. But I will say this, Dennis, it's getting harder and harder to keep that top six together. And so now I'll flip it to the most disappointment. I have my person Who's been your most disappointing person on the Kings roster through 33 games? It's going to kill me to say this, but Dustin Brown. Well, it would kill me to say Dustin Brown, too, and that's why I didn't do it. I'm going to say Victor Arvidsson. I, you know, there have been nights where he's played well, but to see him on the second line is not what I wanted to see. Now, I want to be clear, though. The Kings, management, whatever you want to call it, whoever they is, they never sold us. They never sold the media. They never sold the fans. For that matter, they never probably sold the team that they acquired him to be a top line forward. They were very clear. They were very calculated and careful. He was a top six forward. The goal and the hope was always that he would play on the top line with Kopitar, which is why he started the year there. And if you remember, we asked Todd about that on our opening season podcast. Arvidsson was... They were hopeful that he would play with Kopitar. The chemistry wasn't there. It didn't work. And Mm -hmm. here's the problem with that, Dennis. Back to your point from earlier about the lack of offense. They just don't have a lot of other options. Because when you put Arvidsson now on the second line, and that line's played fine, like he's been much better playing with Deneau and and, uh, and Ayafalo. But the problem is... They, they sort of have gone back to being kind of a one-line team. It's just instead of being the mm-hmm. Kopitar line is the one-line team, it's that second line. They, they need something. Now, Kempe's having a great year, and that's great. You know, he's 26. He's He should be coming into his own, if not already there. 
you have, you know, Kopitar went through his long stretch of what I think 12 games without a goal or something. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, yep. Kopi. Um, and Brown has, you know, arguably played his way off of the top line. But the question just becomes, what do you do? Because even if you move Brown to the third line, who do you gonna who are you gonna put up? Nobody there? seized it. Nobody has thing, seized it. Even if yeah. you put Arvidsson back on the top line and you give it another go, now okay, well, fine. Who are you gonna put on the second line? I mean, Leah Sanderson yeah. was hurt. He would have been a nice option coming into the season, but he's been hurt, and then he just has not been able to work his way back into the lineup. So you don't want to put him in I cold. Think the Seals got huge bad luck this year. Oh my god! Double, wow, double A terrible. is just yeah. I mean, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I mean, who you're not putting Trevor Moore up there? No, no. they they just don't. You're not putting Kapari there, so they nope. just don't have the options. You know, that they that's. They're, they're a little bit thin, and so to your point about the trade deadline, they're gonna they're gonna need to add. Did you want to mention anything though about about Brownie and just you know the disappointment? This no, year? it's no, it's just you go from you know seventeen goals and fifty some odd gains to what he's got three goals this year. It's just you know, and he's in a contract here, so I, I don't think uh, that affects it puts any more pressure on him. It just hasn't clicked for him. So you just by default he stays in that you know in that role on the Kopitar line, and you just hope that it turns around. And not for nothing, John. It's not like he hasn't had opportunities. I think he leads the team in shots. So you just hope that the the shots start to fall here. But the production, it's not the place to the production to me that's that's disappointing. I expected more goals from this guy. And if he had had double or, you know, he had eight or nine goals, he'd probably be winning more games. Yeah, and the thing is, that's it, Dennis. You just just need like three to five more goals from him. It's not like you need 15 or 20 at this point in the season like three more goals from dustin brown right now would would be huge for a team that's offensively starved so maybe the break will do him some good maybe he'll come back and you know regain some of that form from a from a production standpoint i shouldn't say regain the form maybe some will start going in for him um defensively sean dersey uh just to to go back for a second on the positives i think sean dersey has to be he he doesn't get the same level of story as jonathan quick or even kaliev but sean dersey really stepping in um, unexpected, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely unexpected. And and I think we covered this on a previous podcast, or I've just, we've talked about it so many times on Twitter that I think we did. The question for people out there, it wasn't Sean, excuse me, it wasn't Kale Clegg versus right, right. Mata when it came to waiver. People said, well, why did they put Clegg on waivers? Why didn't they put Mata? It wasn't a Clegg versus Mata discussion. It was Clegg versus Dursey. Mata mm-hmm. was staying all along. He was the seventh defenseman. He gives you experience. Right. He gives you physicality. He gives you size. He gives you a lot of different things. He gives you some left shot protection. He gives you a lot of things. So it what you know you you might not like his play at times, but Oli Mata was not in the conversation. It was Dursey or Clegg. It was which one of the young guys are you going to cut loose? And it ended up being mm-hmm. Kel Clegg. He ended up getting picked up, and good for him. And hopefully, it works out in Montreal. It's yeah, been he a, hasn't been great in Montreal. It's, it's been a rocky start. Yeah. I, I was going to say yeah. it's been a little bit and, of a rocky start there. And John, here's the other issue. Like you mentioned, scoring. I'll give you the other issue. Like the, the Alex Edler injury is really impactful because uh, I'm going to give you the left side now. Right for right now, it's it's Mata, it's Bjornfoot, and it's Willanen. Mm-hmm. Like. Is that a playoff left side defense? No, it's not. And I think that's the mm. that's the really unfortunate thing about the Alex Edler uh, timing yes. of the injury is because 
he had largely gone unnoticed for the first month or two of the season, Dennis, and he right. was just plodding along, doing his thing, really was a, a contributor. And then to get that first goal, which he talked about on our program, you know, after going goalless last season, to get his 100th NHL goal finally after a couple had been taken off the board um, was a big deal. And just he, he really, it felt like he was coming into his own as a member of the Kings and finding his role and getting his minutes and I think he would have played a very valuable role on this team because for the reasons you just mentioned. Like, you look at the left side, you look at Mata, Wolanin, Bjornfoot. Man, Alex Edler, this is a guy who's played in big games, a very mm. experienced thousand-game, you know, uh, NHLer. That's t- that's a big loss for the LA Kings. Yeah, nineteen a, minutes a night, Johnny was it's a big loss, up and, he was, and he was he was doing he played very very well too. So to me, if they're if they're in the race, I, I just think that you look at that and. Maybe it's a little disrespectful, those three, but that group, I can't fathom that group as a playoff team. So, you know, if, if they're going to add, yeah, sure, of course, you're the first top of your mind thing is a scorer, but, you know, help on the left side if they're going to be in the race come, you know, game 40 or 50 or 55, that's probably going to be a, a move Brown would have to make. Oh, they're going to have to bolster the defense. There's no doubt about it, because even when you look at what's available in Ontario right now, you know, Austin Strand would be available, but there's not much else. And so losing Edler, losing Walker, you know, Dowdy and has missed so many games this year. The the how thin the organization is right now on defense Mm -hmm. has been exposed. Now, you fast forward a couple of years and and they're going to get a lot of additions to that right i mentioned sure. in the second period and talking with steven nelson that brock faber is expected to turn pro at the end of the year uh, at the end of this college season so you know late may or excuse me late april let's call it at the earliest um if they go through on a deep run through the through the college hockey playoffs uh brock faber will be added to the group uh brant clark wow. could potentially now he he could go back to the ohl next year but he he's going to get a long look he's expected to get a long look in training camp and who knows how if he will and uh, stick around and or how long he would be here at the beginning sure. of next season. He could very well go back after you know eight or nine games uh, and not hit the ten limit. But just just pointing out that next season and the season after that, mm-hmm. they do sure, have sure. some help coming. And Grons has looked good at different times. He's a you know a little bit of a of a project in terms of he he's not expected to he's come raw. up at the end of the season. He's young. He's raw. Um, Spence is raw. He's young. These these young players like Mavari wasn't playing on the road trip when he got called up. That was a right, right. You know that was a deal. Like you know, if everybody else was out and they, they had to have a body, he was there. But you know, they didn't want to play Grons. They didn't want to play Mavari. Those guys, or excuse me, Spence or Mavari, um, Grons had already left for the World Juniors. They didn't want to play those young kids. They're just they're not ready yet, Dennis. No, and then those as you mentioned, those were paper transactions to to save cap, uh, cap space because they were up against the cap at that point. On on the on the comeback, yeah. When they sent yeah. uh, when they sent when they sent uh, Spence back, that was more uh, for cap. But those like two when were they sent Dursey down and Willanden down. All that that was all that. That was after, yeah. That was after the road trip when they sent those guys back down. So that was Monday. The road trip ended after the back to back games over the weekend. They sent those guys down, and I you know tried to like re- hey read between the lines on some of the sure. tweets I was sending out that this isn't really they're not expected to stick. You know, given another day. Yep. Uh, and, and see what's going on there, which does lead us to kind of one of our final topics here, Dennis, before we wrap up the program. Um, offensively speaking, we talk about the addition of a forward, but you also do have, in Ontario, the opportunity to bring some players up because mm-hmm. while you don't have the depth of potential ready-to-step-into-the-NHL-level players on defense, uh, i.e. Grands, Spence, Mavari, at forward, there are at least some people worth talking about. Alex Turcotte, Quentin Byfield... Uh, Gabe Velarde, 
Kachev or however we're pronouncing his name this week. Um, it, it's, it's, I, I want to get it right, Dennis. And it's just, I keep hearing 14 right. different names. I know. Um, so I, you know, if you're out there and you know how to pronounce it, please, you know, send me a message and let me know. But, uh, you know, Martin Furk is lingering in the background. Like there are options down in Ontario that you could give a short run to. I don't know if that you would be confident enough to say that's the player, you know, uh, that we're going to go into the playoffs with, but let's just mm -hmm. give a couple updates on there. Martin Furk, it's just a question of do the LA Kings want to call him up because the guy has played outstanding for Ontario this year. The guy has done exactly what's asked of him. He scored goals from the right side. Um, so he's available. Gabe Velarde, very interesting situation there, Dennis, because the Kings, uh, and, I, and I reported this uh, the last time I was on with the, the Bally's program uh, during intermission, the Kings want him to play an extended run at wing in Ontario. Mm -hmm. And the idea would be to probably call Gabe Velarde up let's say in February after he's had a long run at wing. Now, obviously with all of these COVID uh, things happening, guys going to protocol players missing. Sure. Some of it is uh, position specific. So you might have to call him up, you know, because you don't have mm -hmm. other players. Right. Right. Of course. Uh, just like with uh, Byfield, Byfield, they wanted to give a few more games. They were hoping to call him up to the NHL after the Christmas break figuring that he would have played, you know, six or eight, close to 10 games uh, on this, we'll call it an unofficial conditioning assignment, but he ended up getting called up in this cap crunch that you're talking about. Now he's in protocol. I, I'm guessing, I'm assuming, and, and I don't think anybody has the answer, even if we did have Rob Blake on today, I'm assuming they're going to want to send him back to Ontario yeah. since he's been in protocol uh, and allow him to get his conditioning up because that was the worry coming off of the long injury. I don't think you'd, bring Byfield out of protocol and then rush him straight to the NHL? I'm, I'm assuming not. John, he's played four yes. AHL games in nine months. Yes. Like, no, no, no. Like, right. <laughs> I'm the guy that wants him here. Right. He's, if he had played, like, 50 games or something in the last eight months, yeah. fine. Like, he's played four games since April. Yeah. No. Like, stay down there for yeah. whatever until you're ready physically to, to come up here and compete and add to the team. Yeah, the hope was that after, like I said, somewhere between six yeah. and ten games, if the conditioning was there, and if, you know, because these these young kids, I mean, it doesn't take them very many games to bounce back. You know, it's not like a Jeff mm -hmm. Carter coming back later in his career from a from a long layoff. Uh, they just sure. they miraculously heal up. Um, speaking of that, we didn't I didn't mention to kill Thomas. He does appear to be out for two to three weeks with that uh, foot slash ankle injury after blocking a shot. So the rain could use him, um, and if he could get playing time this year. Uh, you know, maybe he could see a call up at the end of the season, perhaps, but not 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 anytime soon. Um, so we talked about Byfield. We talked about Velarde. Uh, Turcotte would be the other one. Now, DB, here's the deal. And I've tweeted this. So some people already know this, but Turcotte was actually scheduled. He was the guy that was going to be called up mm -hmm. from from what I heard. Um, and then he was injured in that practice. It was no fault of his own. Another player kind of ran into him type thing and created the situation. It wasn't like he was reckless or anything. Um he was injured on Friday. They were still hopeful, given it 24 hours, that he'd be available to be called up on Saturday. He still wasn't ready to go on Saturday, so they ended up calling up Jod. That was when, uh, mm -hmm. was it Blake Lazat? I don't even remember at that point who was in protocol, but they called up Jod. He went on that road trip uh, along with TJ Tynan. And uh, so, it was so, Lazat, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So, so Turk is on the border. He's like, he's on the bubble. He's, he's, he's ready to get some NHL games. Um, he's, he's been, he's been fantastic most of the season this year in terms of just sort of driving offense, playing with tenacity, playing smart defensively, um, 
you know, the numbers might not be uh, lighting up the AHL like some people would hope for, especially because he will forever in a day be compared to Zegris. But, you know, mm -hmm. you just have to remember that it's it's two different situations, Dennis. I got news for you, John. Oh, boy. The way Zegr when, no, the, that, that's no longer the comparable for Kurt Turcotte. You know who the comparable for Zegris is? Byfield. Because Zegers is the best player, he's the best prospect, and Quentin Byfield's LA's best prospect. So I, I don't care about draft class. I care about best versus best. Okay. So let's give and, and let's give Turcotte a break, right? I mean, at this point, like Trevor Zegers is without question the Ducks' best prospect. Look what he did to Sonny Milano's career. Are you well, kidding me? the only reason that Zegers is their best prospect in this is because Mason McTavish went back to the Ontario. Oh Hockey, so. no, <laughs> no, you didn't, John. Hey, I'm a big. Hey, I've said this. People know this. You I'm just big, showed it. You just I'm showed a, it. I'm a big Mason McTavish guy. I, I love McTavish, but hey, take nothing away from Zegers. He was phenomenal. Yeah at the World Juniors last year. And again, Turcotte was a big part of that. Z got all the run, but a lot of those goals were set up by Turk. A lot of the plays were Turcotte doing the work in the corners and doing stuff to, to make Z look good. But I'm not taking anything away from Trevor Zegers. He is a phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal talent. And he's he's a lot of fun to watch, Dennis. He's, he's just oh, a, one question. of those exciting, exciting players. So curious that you just uh, now draw the comparison to Byfield. Um, not the comparison in terms of style of play, but that that's who you want to you know, pit against each other because they are so different. Byfield is more right. of that, you know, uh, he, the speed's there. So I don't want to say slow and deliberate, but he's that less flashy player. He has that, you know, Kopitar-esque-ness about mm -hmm. his game where he's just like quietly good, where mm -hmm. Zegris is that flamboyant, you know, oh, more yeah. like Ovechkin. He's like, he's that flamboyant good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, to me, it's not about style. It's just about like, if you're ranking these, Guys, I, I, I'm not ranking your third best or fourth best prospect with Turcotte might be against Zegers, who's their top guy right now, despite what you say about McTavish. Ooh, so, dropping I'll, into fourth. Wow, I don't know about well, that. I, you know, I'll let, I'll let Mayor's Manor make that determination, John. I'm just All riffing right. here. I'll let Mayor's Manor well, come Well, I'll tell you what, you wouldn't be that far off if you included the most recent draft class because you put Byfield right. number one and you'd have, probably have Clark and uh, – and and Brock Faber as uh, two three, so Turk would be fighting with Kaliev for uh, four and five. So there there you go. There's a little sneak peek for all the people that keep bugging me about the prospect <laughs> rankings. So there you go, uh, Dennis. Look, the LA Kings, um, they they're still there, as you said. They're hanging yeah. around. Uh, they're not out of the playoffs yet. Uh, they keep putting these these little mini winning streaks together, uh, you know, and stringing some points together to keep keep hope alive. Uh, let's mm -hmm. get this break behind us here. Let's get. The holidays behind us. Uh, let's get the World Juniors behind us. Let's get the NHL season going again, and let's see what the LA Kings can do and what General Manager Rob Blake is going to do to uh, make some additions to the roster and perhaps what some of these kids can do if they if they can get called up and get some minutes. It should be a fun second half of the season, Dennis. Yeah, John. It, look, it's the most intriguing season in three seasons. The last two, you can just scratch off the calendar. This is far more intriguing, far more interesting from a fan perspective as well. Well, cancel your plans for February, Dennis, because the NHL is going to jam a bunch of games into uh, what was scheduled to be a three-week break. So, um, yeah, you know, hey, I know the players are disappointed. Me personally, I'm glad they're not going to the Olympics, Dennis, Amen. because some of the um, some of the protocols, some of the rules or whatnot uh, could have been potentially damaging. You know, you can't have a player, uh, if he tested positive over there, you can't have a player stuck over there for three to five weeks or in any sort of protocol, you know, for three to five weeks. These players are paid millions and millions of dollars uh, to challenge for a Stanley Cup. And so as disappointed as the players are, I'm sorry that we're not going to have to get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch games, Dennis. Uh, when, the, when, the, when the games 
are over in North America or in a time zone that's more conducive to North America, then I'm all for it. Bring the World Cup back, Dennis. That's what I'd like to see. Amen, John. Couldn't agree with you more. And the people that are lamenting the Olympics, like if you would have seen the U.S. play China, it would have been 30 nothing in that game. I'm, I'm sure you would have enjoyed that view as well. So to me, yeah, it's the right thing to do. Let's just concentrate on getting these games in, getting the Stanley Cup awarded on a timely basis, and getting back to normal. That's the one way you do it. And not only that, John, if the player gets stuck over there and misses games, he doesn't get paid. Well, he gets, well, he gets paid out of that $5 million fund, which would have been evaporated oh, very okay. quickly because exactly. the best players in the world are going to suck that money dry. <laughs> but Dennis, exactly. here's the thing. If you want best on best and you love international hockey, I have an answer for you. Go ahead. December 26th, live from Red Deer in Edmonton, the World Junior Championships, the best hockey tournament on the planet is taking place and you have an opportunity not only to see the LA Kings prospects, not only to see the prospects of the rest of the NHL, uh, but as Anthony Stewart, former guest of Kings of the Podcast, former uh, Team Canada member at the World Juniors, said on Sirius XM NHL radio earlier this week, I love this quote, they asked him, why is it so fun to watch the World Juniors? And you know what he said? Because you're watching the future of the NHL. And that's exactly what it is. So if you're a fan of the National Hockey League, you owe it to yourself to watch the World Junior Championships. It's the future of hockey. It's the future of the NHL. All of the stars that are going to be in this tournament are going to eventually turn and become the stars of the National Hockey League. So see them now. See them while you can. Go see Brock Faber. Go see Granz. Go see all of the Kings prospects. And... Um, Hey, let's hope that Team USA can make it all the way to the final and we can get uh, Stephen Nelson an opportunity to get a mulligan and get a do-over uh, in the gold medal game, DB. That's great, John. Let's close the app. All right. There you go, everybody. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you all in 2022. See ya. Take it.